Your sensors are correct. Do not adjust your heading. Your heading. You've discovered the Omega Particle. Streaming to the Alpha Quadrant and beyond. 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 Here's your host. The anchorman of the Federation. The doctor of Dilithium. This is Jonathan Wiegand. We are back. Yes. You know me. It's OPP. You have discovered the Omega Particle Podcast. And yes, I am your gracious host, Jonathan Wiegand, quarantined at home under this dire situation. And don't worry, the doctor of the lithium is in. And no, it can't cure your uh, coronavirus, but maybe it can cure your social isolation. Yes, we are streaming and broadcasting to you live on the eastern seaboard right now of these United States. So I know a lot of you are out there, social isolation and working from home. And and maybe if you're living alone, that must be awful. But just let you know that we're definitely thinking about you and praying for you guys out there. Hopefully it uh, will be over soon and we don't have to... Um, deal with this anymore and everyone gets out of it safe, but I know we can make it together and um, try not to hoard so much. I, I saw, I mean, I try to go buy some toilet paper. It's all gone, which doesn't make any sense. But again, we're not here to talk about the dire situations on planet earth. We're here to talk about what's happening in the alpha quadrant and beyond. I really am excited about this episode review and I really want to push out as much content as possible this week. Normally, I was doing maybe an episode or two a week. Now I'm on track to do possibly three episodes this week, which is absolutely kind of crazy schedule because I'm still actually going into an office. Totally worth it for you guys. I've had a couple of people reach out on Instagram saying um, how much they appreciated maybe more content in the future, gave great suggestions, and I took a lot of those suggestions to heart talking about maybe the Borg or the Bride of Chaotica kind of variety show maybe thing where it'd be completely unedited and I would just roll with it and push it out there. I think that'd be a lot of fun to do. Today we will be discussing episode eight of Picard called Broken Pieces and his amazing episode, great writing, a little underwhelming in some parts, just to be honest with you, but however, really great episode, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, without further ado, let's get into episode 8 of Picard. To quote the late, great Ron Burgundy, Wow, that escalated quickly. This whole episode... (laughs) For the past like few weeks, we've been going back and forth between plot, character, character drama, plot, character development, plot. And so finally we get this episode where it's full throttle, complete, finally putting the pieces together. And now we kind of understand how this serial mystery is coming to a head and what that means for our beloved characters. I mean, just kind of rapid fire kind of episode, which was great, but a little maybe if they had more time, left some parts just underwhelming to me, and we'll cover that very soon. 
sets up a two-part finale perfectly, um, which I'm really excited about. However, let's get into the first aspect of the show. I like to call the cult of personality with the Romulans and the Zet Visha. Zeit Visha. Am I pronouncing that right? Am I? Am I? Okay. Luna's is shaking her head. Luna is my assistant shaking her head saying, yes, the Zeit Visha is correct. We are seeing this cult kind of get these memories or visions through this pole, <laughs> like this pole coming out of the ground. Either way, it shows that this past civilizations have been destroyed by synthetic life. And they're trying to prevent this whole apocalypse. And again, it was kind of graphic because I was actually eating dinner while watching this. And it's again, I've said this a million times. It's not your grandfather's trek here. Like people are bashing their heads in and ripping their face. And it was really intense scene. And I mean, it got got the point across. But dang, (laughs) I did love how it kind of made the villain a little bit more fleshed out than in previous maybe sci-fi or or big budget movies. I know Marvel always had the issue of their villains being this completely kind of one-sided, understand their motives. However, with seeing this kind of secret society slash cult, this is really cool because now we can completely understand. And some of my friends have even justified and was like, hey, they were just they're just trying to save the world here. It's a great writing job that the villain is so relatable and understandable because it's just not, oh, he's a bad guy because he's a bad guy. No, it's life is in danger. All life is in danger. And that's something we all can get behind. However, their motives and their the way they get there is is just wrong, in my opinion. Also, the introduction of the Zephram Cochran threshold idea was really cool to me that they introduced the idea of like, hey, there's a certain point. Once you go past that point, it's maybe somebody from somewhere is going to come and introduce you like the Vulcans did to, to Earth. I love the threshold idea. It was an easy way for all Trek people to completely understand what they were talking about. Even, I mean, as a good reminder in, in our real life, how AI is. I don't know if you've ever seen those Boston Dynamics videos, but they're terrifying. And <laughs> because it's how powerful, how sentient are these things that we're building. And also we see that Narissa's aunt went to the ceremony, got completely crazy because apparently it turns you crazy and made a board cube, the board cube the Romulans have go completely insane. So that's how the Romulans got the board cube. And it's just like, again, just the first like five or 10 minutes, like I said, with the opening segment, like, bam, a lot. Wow. That escalated quickly. Okay. Now we know a lot more. Maybe this would have been an entire episode's worth in the previous. So maybe the pacing's a little off for the series. So maybe that's what, but the thing that kind of made me mad about, and the reason I bring up her aunt and Arissa is that they talk about the cube and Borg transwarp conduits. And according to them, the Borg are back and they mention it. And I know Soji mentions it later. They they mention it just like a side note, like, oh, okay, yeah, Janeway and Voyager's finale. I guess they didn't destroy everything. I guess they didn't destroy the entire Borg, and the conduits are still out there, and we don't know if, I guess, the Borg repaired itself, and the Borg is somewhat out there. Could they come back in season two of Picard? I don't know. That would be really cool to see a 
another Borg rendition 20, 30 years in the future from TNG in the movies. I would love that. I don't know if the writers are going to do that for season two. However, it's just kind of nonchalantly thrown in there, and I I didn't like that. Like I was like, this is a huge plot. This is a huge thing in Trek, and we're just kind of mentioning it like a side note. Like, oh, by the way, these uh the biggest and some would say the baddest villains in all of Star Trek are, oh, yeah, they're back, but we're going to focus on other things. And again, I'm just kind of ad-libbing here and shooting from the hip, but so that's what I think about the cult of personality so far. And we're about to play this clip pretty soon of probably one of the best speeches of Picard talking with Soshi about how the ends don't justify the means, that these Romulans are wrong, that just because it happened in the past doesn't mean we we can't correct ourselves in the future. So let's let's listen to that clip. I hate that he died thinking it was really Starfleet that betrayed him. It betrayed itself. But Starfleet did betray him. We did betray ourselves. Long before O gave Vandermeer that order. The ban itself was a betrayal. Oh, the Jadbash, they set the trap. But we could merely have sidestepped it. Instead, we gave way to fear. all of five minutes to hack my ship Picard. And now maybe there's a whole planet of them. Rafi said the Romulans called her the destroyer. What if they're right? They may be right about what happened 200,000 years ago. The past is written but the future is left for us to write. And we have powerful tools, Rios. Openness, optimism, and the Spirit of curiosity. All they have is secrecy and fear. And fear is the great destroyer, Rios. Not... Wowie, wow, wow. That was good. And I I wish we had more moments like that, to be honest. And and I know I'm starting this episode off kind of like... Pointing out some bad stuff, but it doesn't mean I don't love the episode. The episode was great. However, I just wish we had more moments like this. And this is the first underwhelming thing of the episode that I'm going to mention is that is that this beautiful speech and emotional impact between Soshi and, and Picard and Picard's returning to form and he's hitting a stride and I just wish we had more moments like that and to see Picard's optimism to see his emotional range and to see how much he's grown during not only this experience but in the past 20 years really enjoyed that scene and probably one of my favorite of the entire season so far. Okay, moving on from one underwhelming scene to another. (laughs) Again, I'm just going to get it all out of the way. We're going to talk about Seven of Nine becoming the Borg Queen, quasi-Borg Queen. The moment I saw this, it reminded me of that amazing Queen song, Killer Queen. And it was a little snippet right here. She's a killer queen, got body, gelatine, dynamite with a laser beam. Yeah, Queen's one of my favorite bands, so I was like, fair use, laws, we're going to put that in because high Seven of Nine moment. And I really liked how they portrayed Seven of Nine and, and Elnor. And I mean, this, the brutal honesty she had, she was like, well, 
I may not want to give up this power. I may not want to let them go. And it was an absolutely beautiful, cool, terrifying scene to see the Borg cube kind of regenerate itself and then see Seven of Nine become and whisper the infamous line, like, we are the Borg. It was awesome. Return to form. I was so excited. And then it just kind of like fell flat. It didn't last that long. I was hoping we'd get this huge like showdown, okay, corral style between the Borg and and the Romulans and they would go at it and it would just be kind of show off the Borg a little bit because people really haven't, the Borg haven't really been in the forefront of sci-fi minds in a while. So I was like, okay, now we're going to show off and, and they just blew them all. The Romulans blew all the Borg out of the airlock. So I was like, well, there's that. <laughs> but they did capture Nerissa and I don't know if they're going to assimilate her or what, but they get they did capture Nerissa. So um, I guess they're going to take the Borg cube back. I don't know. Maybe that would be a cool maybe subset, maybe. Maybe another spinoff. And just a little quick tidbit. There have been rumors. The actor that plays Elnor said, I've pitched this idea of maybe doing a seven Elnor series before. No one's really kind of gave him a lot of feedback on it. So there's they're definitely maybe like kind of pushing an idea of doing a seven spinoff with or without Elnor. I think it'd be awesome to have a seven and nine spinoff. It would be a great way to flesh out that character and kind of bring in and connect the golden age of Trek of the nineties and early two thousands to this new age of Trek. Also, I don't know if this is the last time we'll see seven this, this season or in Picard ever. Um, I assume maybe you'll, we'll see her returning the Borg cube or, or what, but prediction wise, maybe and I mentioned this earlier, maybe the, the Borg queen somehow, because apparently they're back now, maybe the Borg queen somehow gets word or, or feels or, or gets a communique that, Hey, there's Borg and they regenerated and they're, and they're back now. And maybe a little blip on the screen. And, and maybe that's a cool way to end the first season. I don't know. I have no idea where the writer is going to take this. So it's going to be um, really interesting to see if they bring seven and nine back in these next two episodes and if she'll be back for season two. So we'll see. And if you have any predictions, please let me know. We'll debate and discuss. I'm always open for some interesting viewpoints and perspectives. After the Romulans kind of bail from the Borg cube because the Borg are back and they have control of the cube, we see the Romulans kind of rush off to the planet and they all know where they're going and they're going for Soshi's home world. Is that there's a really cool line that she says, Annika still has work to do. And I always thought that was an interesting way to phrase that because to me it shows, hey, like she's able to keep her individuality post individuality while being in a collective mindset, even though it's a small one because she's only connected to the Borg on that cube. It's still a cool concept and, and a great way to, and a quick way to show a character's growth and development since last time we saw her on Voyager, that she has such a concrete version of who she is and her sense of individuality that she can say to this collective that used to dominate her and abuse her, for lack of a better word, no, Annika, she still has stuff to do. So I really love that. Great writing. 
See, I didn't think everything was bad or underwhelming. So moving on to Rafi and her picking up the pieces of this mystery. And there are cool little Easter eggs throughout that originally with this whole like subplot, Rafi trying to like comfort and figure out what's going on with Rios is that I loved, I thought it was just going to be like a comedy offset. Like it was just going to be comedy relief and there wouldn't be really any legitimate plot coming out of this. And it was the complete opposite. I was completely kind of like, oh, did not see that coming. And here comes a whole nother tsunami of information again, which is all gold, but it's just not what I expected. So hats off to the writers again, because I thought, okay, typical comedy thing, not a big deal. No, it's actually very important. So the detective work that she did finally revealed that this whole captain mystery and Alonzo Vandermeer and how he actually killed, was ordered to kill two synthetic life forms that looked, one looked exactly like Soji because um, it's such an like a original serious thing to have is a complete planet that all the females look alike. Either way, Captain Vandermeer was ordered to kill them by Commodore O. He couldn't take the guilt and he actually committed suicide. And again, this isn't your dad's track. And I'm glad they're showing mental illness and, and they're showing people with real problems. Even though he, Vandermeer didn't handle the problem like in the right way, he committed suicide. It was still like, okay, they're flawed. And I mentioned that on my last review that it's a good thing that they're showing that because, because our heroes aren't always ideal and aren't always completely perfect. Also, this, when Rios was explaining to Rafi, I thought this whole Van De- Captain Vandermeer thing should have been a flashback. It would have been a cool flashback to see. It would have just been a lot easier to kind of comprehend and easier to maybe more emotional to see that instead of him just explaining it with that Fallout video game music in the background. But I really did like how they finally answered some questions with him in Rios's past. So again, tying up little loose knots in this episode. Also a fun fact is that the engineering emergency hologram had a Scottish accent. And apparently the show's producers did that as a nod to Scotty, who is Scottish <laughs> from the original series. So I, um, I love that little Easter egg and I thought that was really cool. Also in Rios's captain's quarters you can see it looks like a targ skull so maybe he has some klingon past or klingon kind of friend or something that gave him that so another little snippet from tng that we see because i don't think a lot of targs are mentioned in um this new age of trek now on to the last part of the review and this is what i like to call the heart to heart (laughs) um subject matter Again, one of the best parts of the show is seeing Patrick Stewart, I'm sorry, Sir Patrick Stewart play John Luke Picard in full stride. And we see that a lot in this episode. I mentioned one clip earlier, and here's the other clip is Soji and Picard sitting down talking about data. And Picard actually opens up a little bit. So let's play that clip. I have a past anymore. Because I don't. Oh, that's not true. 
You have a past. You have a story. Just waiting to be claimed. You're talking about data. Among other things, yes. All right. Tell me about Data. What was he like? Well, Data was brave, curious, very gentle. He had a child's wisdom, unclouded by habit or bias. He made us all laugh, except when he was trying to make us laugh. And you loved him. I, uh... Yes, in my way. Did he love you? Data's capacity for expressing and processing emotion was limited. I suppose we had that in common. If I could see you with his eyes, with his memories. Wow. Amazing. Again, I wish this episode had two great Picard moments in it. Bam, bam. And I wish we had some more, but I'm going to take what we can get. I was just, again, building this awesome chemistry between Soji and Picard. And you finally feel that they're putting in the writers are putting in the work for that emotional bond between the two characters and maybe they're going to push all their chips in and cash in on that bond and that emotional connection in the next two episodes or maybe it'll go to the third into the second season mentioning chemistry and those emotional connections on I think my last review I said like so far they really didn't have that with the crew and Picard and this episode was completely different. They actually did an amazing job. And it kind of starts with Agnes, is that when she comes out of the coma and she's talking to Picard and confesses to killing Maddox, it was such a good, well-rounded, believable acting job. They were shooting back and forth at each other. And I loved it. That was great. And then they bring that same connection to the rest of the crew. They're sitting there talking about how Rios knows a previous synth from Soji's planet and how they're going to um, try to devise this plan to help her get there. And I was just, and then they talk about Agnes, like it, it just was really good. There was a lot of heart to heart talks in this episode and we had a lot of one-on-ones and this is the first group one and it was knocked it out of the park. I love that. And hopefully maybe if these characters stay around, we'll get more of that in season two and it's just not like a one season off type of thing, which I hope they don't do that. They've done great character building and world building with these guys. And I would love to see if the writers and producers keep them. And there's two parts of this that I'm just going to pick out. One is seeing Soji and Agnes interact and, and Agnes asking like, hey, can you drink water? Can you, um, are you thirsty? Like, what do you do when you're sad? And like all these basic human questions and she's just completely floored and it was really neat to see because Agnes's dream and to see Soji just be normal and just live and I I was just really impressed with that scene and 
because Agnes gets screwed over a little bit. I mean, she tries to do the right thing and kind of gets manipulated by Commodore Ho. Like, we don't know if this, I know this vision happened a couple hundred thousand years ago, but she, she kind of gets manipulated. She kind of gets taken advantage of. And now she's working murders under this control, quote unquote, control of um, Commodore Ho. So I'm kind of glad that she, she got some satisfaction from this whole trip and she got something out of it because she definitely deserved to. And another moment was when Picard was just sitting on the helm of the ship and he was talking to Rios and describing his um, moments being a young cadet and seeing deep into space on the night shift and feeling like he was the only one out there. And if you've ever done a long road trip and it's like two or three in the morning, you feel that way too. So I instantly related to it, but also they were talking about um, Rios's previous captain, but that Rios served under Captain Marta Patandias, which if you remember, cool little Easter egg again, you can tell the writers love Trek, is that she was from the TNG episode Tapestry, which is we see how Picard gets stabbed in the heart by a Nausicaan, and she was his best friend, quote unquote, or even love interest, depending on how you interpret that episode. So um, the fact that Rio served under her was really cool. <laughs> and um, Easter eggs in these Picard episodes. So I was very kind of tickled to see that. As we wrap up, this has been a great overall episode, in my opinion. I really enjoyed it. It was very fleshed out. We saw some great plots come. And the serial mystery finally coming together, finally coming to fruition, finally seeing every all the pieces put together, which... It definitely kind of needed a hurry up and do. I just didn't know they would do it all in one episode. And that's when some parts got a little underwhelming, like the Borg and leaving some out Picard moments out. So I I wish we had more time, but we don't. And so I kind of get it, this bottle, quote unquote, bottle episode. I still loved it. It was great. I, it just seems like every episode, it keeps getting better and better. And now we're building to this massive showdown with the Romulans at this planet and what's going to happen. Is it going to be, I mean, some predictions are maybe they're going to decide the Romulans will be defeated and they're going to decide, no, we need to keep these um, synthetic lives alive and we're going to do better. We're going to kind of have a first contact moment with them. And Soji's going to be a part of that. And, or if it's going to be the Romulans are synthetics and they're always been synthetics. And this is what this cult has been protecting. And I've heard some crazy theories out there. So I really don't know how this is going to end, which is great because sometimes on these mass TV shows, you can kind of see how like predictable it is. Shout out to you, Walking Dead. <laughs> like You kind of see what's going to happen. However, I really have no clue what's going to in this next two part um, finale, episode nine and ten. It's been great, and every episode's been getting better, so um, I'm curious to see what the writers have in store for us. But that has been Episode 8 of Picard. I just want to say thank you guys for all your support and all of your recommendations and topics that you've given me on Instagram and again, our Instagram handle is at Omega Particle Podcast, or you can email me with my email address at 
Omega Particle Podcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out. We love to hear from you guys. And remember, please, 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 please stay safe, follow the guidelines, and we'll try to keep producing content for you guys. Update Instagram every day to, for fun memes and stuff. So um, just keep you guys entertaining your mind off the world right now. So again, always remember, guys, second start at the right, straight on till morning.